Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back or welcome to Wednesday Wisdom. I'm your host, Jimmy Warden. This week, we are going to be talking about a topic that honestly, not a lot of people want to be talking about, uh, especially this time of year, because this time of year is usually associated with joy, happiness, gathering, family, community, and as well as kind of leaving the past behind considering that we will be entering a new year very soon uh, with that, people setting goals, really trying to better themselves. Uh, but today we're going to be talking a little bit about how to deal with depression, just because even though there is a lot of joy and a lot of happiness and excitement looking forward to the new year, there are still a lot of people out there that are struggling with depression. And I think it's an important topic to talk about because of that. I don't really feel like people need to be suffering during a time that a lot of people are enjoying themselves. And it's something that I think is continuing to move forward in the right direction in the sense that there's a big movement in mental health and trying to normalize um, seeking out help if you are having mental health challenges so I just want to try to add my two cents into that movement. Uh, and so before we get into any of that, uh, first, a quick word from our sponsors. So first and foremost, dealing with depression is very challenging. It's challenging because people who haven't experienced many depressive episodes or don't experience them as intensely as other people might, they have a hard time understanding how, it can, how deeply it can really affect someone just because they haven't had that like experience, which is why telling somebody to just simply snap out of their depression is not very good advice. For those that do experience it or have experienced depression, they have a different experience of depression than other people who also experience it. So they can only empathize to a certain capacity. And the reason being is that no one can truly understand your experience except for you. And at the end of the day, we could all receive the greatest advice in the world, but if we don't use it, that's all that it is. It's just advice and it's not wisdom that we're using to work with. And only you can help you. Again, only you can help you even though we might be getting some of the best advice from some of the best professionals, unless we are taking action, know that that advice that we're getting, again, it's not actually being, being used in the way that it should be used because there's no action being taken. But the challenge is that when you're depressed, doing anything can really feel like a challenge, which is why there's much more to depression than meets the eye. If we start taking a look at some of the science behind what depression is, uh, at a, the definition of it, according to Faith Harper, who is a PhD uh, in psych clinical psychology, uh, she wrote a great book uh, called This Is Your Brain on Depression, or This Is Your Brain While It's Experiencing Depression. I can't remember the exact title. Uh, however, this is where I received this definition, but Depression is a biochemical learned helplessness response to stress. And what that really means is that the person who is experiencing 
their stress, whatever that stress is, they freeze. And metaphorically, or sometimes literally, they lay down in front of that stress. So the stress has gotten to a point where laying down or stopping whatever it is that they're doing is the most liable option for protection in order to in order to regulate survival resources and that the stress has become so overbearing that person experiencing it experiencing it has become helpless in order to maintain those resources so it's both nature and nurture because we actually inherit depressive traits from our parents if they are susceptible to having experienced depression. If they're, if they're a person who has experienced depression in the past, we are more likely to inherit those traits from them versus somebody who, whose parents may not have experienced that same level of depression. Uh, the environment around us can also cue depressive episodes or depress, depression experience. Uh, people, places, things around us at any given time is kind of what I consider the environment, really anything around you at any given time. And at the level of brain chemistry, it's really a lack of neurotransmitter productions, uh, specifically serotonin, dopamine, and norepinephrine. And so the lack of dopamine is our lack. It contributes to our lack of desire to do anything because dopamine is what's responsible for motivation. Whatever we think of as motivation when, let's say, for example, you're listening to your favorite song as you're getting pumped up to go to the gym, right? That rush that you feel is dopamine flowing through you to get you motivated. Uh, the lack of serotonin can contribute to a lack of appreciation for anything that's happening in the present moment or the present moments that we experience because it's serotonin that allows us to have a here and now emotional experience. So therefore, when there isn't much serotonin being produced in our bodies, we tend to feel pretty glum. We tend to have a glass half empty or sometimes even more perspective on life. So we might even think, oh, I only have a, a quarter of a cup full, uh, whatever that cup might be. You know, we only, it's only full to a certain amount. And, you know, we think of people who have a positive or an optimistic mentality or mindset as being glass half full type of people because they see it and they're grateful for that half cup. Whereas if we're not having much serotonin being produced, if we're experiencing depression, we might look at that same cup and say, well, it's half empty. And that's kind of the perspective that we have. There's not as much joy or there's not as much optimism in what we see around us. And the lack of norepinephrine actually shows up as our lack of energy and, and our lack of ability to do anything due to that lack of energy. Uh, because norepinephrine is really actually just another name for adrenaline. And adrenaline is what gets us going and gets us moving. Uh, towards whatever goal we are trying to achieve. It allows us to take action. So this lack of neurotransmitter production is what really leads us into not enjoying things that we usually would, 
engaging in false narratives that we're telling ourselves and negative self-talk and not having much energy to do anything. And the trickiest part about all of this is that the less we produce these neurotransmitters, the less likely it is that we'll be able to get out of our depressive episode. And it does take some effort. Um, but the good news is though, if we know our triggers, we will have a fighting chance against depression. Due to its nature, depression can be triggered in multiple ways. So first there's the genetics piece to it, which I talked about previously. So just kind of reviewing that idea is that if someone in your life, or maybe you're that person in, in your life, if they have a history, a family history of depression, they're much more likely to experience depressive episodes and potentially experience them at a more, unfortunately, destructive, destructive level than someone who does not have a family history of depression. They have it in their genes, in their blood, in their DNA. This combined with environmental factors like work life, home life, society at large, and even nature itself can create potential levels of stress that could also contribute to depression and depressive episodes, uh, as well as significant life events, which can really be any traumatic experiences such as deaths in the family, heartbreak, or perhaps even moving uh, from one location to another in terms of where you're living. Those are just a few examples of significant life events that could contribute to feeling depressed. And this really, these all kind of create what I like. I actually just kind of thought of this the other day, what I like to call Mount Depression, because we have all of these things that continue just to build build and build and build and, and they only get higher and higher if we don't do something about it because if we're not willing to climb that mountain first we'll never be able to see what's on the other side and the longer that we wait to climb the higher the mountain builds because of all the factors that contribute to it being created all the factors that are contributing to that mountain of depression that's being created so it goes from genetics that's one factor, the dysfunction of your neurotransmitters, another factor, the environment around you at large, another factor, as well as significant life events. And we can really think of the genetics piece as right as that base of the mountain. And the other factors are what builds on top of that base to make that mountain larger and larger when we don't try to fight back, specifically with changes in our lifestyle. And the most challenging part about making these changes that we need to make in order to climb the mountain is that we need energy to make them. And it is depression itself that's actually depleting us of energy. So this is why we really should try to engage in thoughtful change if we really want to climb that mountain and see what's on the other side. And before I get into any strategies about how to begin your climb of mountain depression, I just want to put out the disclaimer uh, that I am not a mental health clinician, a licensed mental health clinician or licensed psychologist yet. Uh, however, I have received mental health services during several points in my life when I personally was experiencing depressive episodes. I've also done extensive reading about the brain, mental health and personal development. 
So I do have a solid foundation of knowledge in those areas. However, if you are experiencing significant mental health challenges, please seek out help from a licensed professional because they can provide you with much more than I can in uh, the following statements that I'm about to give. And I, for one, have experienced tremendous benefits from seeing a mental health clinician, which is why I would recommend you go see one if you are experiencing some significant setbacks. A lot of the tips that I'm going to share actually come directly from resources that my mental health clinician has shared with me. Um, but before I get into that, just one more quick word from our sponsors, and then we will get into some problem solving for how to combat depression. So first and foremost, I would recommend to make sure that you're getting enough light exposure, specifically in the form of sunlight. Um, my mental health clinician suggests at least 30 minutes a day if possible. And if that does not seem possible, I would suggest investing in what's called an optic light. Um, so basically the reason why uh, we really need to be getting out in the sun or at least bare minimum perhaps receiving some, some light from an optic light is that both the sun and optic lights can actually help regulate our circadian rhythm so that our body knows when it should be awake and alert, as well as when it should be relaxed and resting. Uh, so scientists and doctors have also stated that proper vitamin D levels, which again comes from sunlight exposure, supplements, and food sources, they correlate with proper brain functioning, uh, which is a big reason why people experience season, uh, seasonal depression in the wintertime just due to that lack of sunlight that you would normally get perhaps in the fall or the spring, especially in the summer. And I think not only just that, not just because school's out and things of that nature, but the sun's out a lot in the summer and, and people usually have a higher tendency to kind of experience more positive days during that summertime. And I think a lot of that is attributed to the fact that the sun is out uh, and it has a lot of, gives us a lot of exposure for that vitamin D and allows us to function at a, at a higher capacity. And, and the reason going back to why it's important to regulate the circadian rhythm is, is so that again, your body knows when it needs to be awake and when it should be sleeping. And when we have dysregulation with that circadian rhythm, our body actually creates a stress hormone called cortisol at times that we don't need it. Uh, so for example, a lot of doctors and, and neuroscientists also recommend to try to put your phone away X amount of hours before bedtime and try to limit your screen time because you're absorbing that blue light into your body and that's active that's actually activating cortisol and the more closely to bedtime that we are viewing light the less likely it is we'll have an easy time going to sleep and so it's really important to regulate that sleep wake cycle in order to make sure your brain is functioning to its highest capacity and next you know, not just with light, but we also want to be not just light for 30 minutes, but we want to make sure that we're getting exercise for a minimum of 30 minutes. I know that my mental health clinician, he really recommends aerobic. So just going out for a long jog or perhaps going for a long bike ride, 
of about 30 minutes. I would also recommend anaerobic. I know a lot of people enjoy resistance training or high intensity interval training. And that's more of an anaerobic exercise. And so I would recommend either because the most important piece of this exercise is that it is sustained for the length of time to allow for endorphin release in the body. Um, and so if the exercise is not an intensity level where you're breathing hard or sweating, it, it decreases the chances of that endorphin release. And endorphins, they really help with depression and other mental health challenges like anxiety because they they, when the endorphins in your body are released, they block pain receptors in your body. And they also give us a feeling of euphoria or accomplishment, both during and post-workout. So when people that you know, they, they may or may not have spoken about a runner's high that they might've experienced, or um, perhaps somebody who goes to the gym, um, you know, there's an analogy from Arnold Schwarzenegger where he talks about weightlifting kind of being a euphoric feeling as well in his documentary, Pumping Iron. So both that experience that the runners talk about with their runners high and then Schwarzenegger with his, with his lifting high, the, the pump they talk about, that experience that they're both speaking of is actually the release of endorphins in the body. Um, and if we're exercising, it's also very important to eat well-balanced meals and to really try to minimize processed sugar and processed foods as much as possible. Reason being is that processed sugars and foods uh, don't cooperate well with our minds and bodies because when they are absorbed in our bodies, they actually activate and increase levels of that stress hormone cortisol, which again, we only want activated at specific times of day in order to help regulate our body resources in order to perform at high levels during our workday. Um, because that's really when we want cortisol to be at its highest level. Obviously, like right when you wake up, you want to try to start getting that cortisol flowing through your body so that you can be awake and alert throughout your day. And we kind of want cortisol teetering off, um, you know, as that sun really kind of starts to set. That's kind of the beginning of when cortisol, we want that to be dropping. Um, and so it helps regulate that circadian rhythm in that sleep-wake cycle. Uh, so that's why it's really important to try to stay away from the processed sugars and foods. That way we can try to stay regular as best as we can. And the next piece that I would say is that it's really a great idea to really give some long thought about what it is that's actually making you feel the way you are. You know, some of the questions, and, and I say this just from my own experience, you know, some of the questions that I've that have kind of popped up in my head when I've done some introspection about why I might be experiencing a depressive episode or why I'm feeling depressed. Um, a lot of it stems from questions such as, are you feeling like you're not good enough? Are you feeling like no matter what you do, it's not enough? Do you feel unappreciated? Does it feel like your world around you is collapsing in on you? Those are a lot of questions that I've kind of tried to navigate. And so if you have any of these similar questions or thoughts that are popping up in your head, please investigate because it's only going to help you. And this could be done with a psychologist or mental health clinician. I, I, again, I would highly recommend that if you feel that 
your depressive symptoms, depression symptoms are significant enough to, to see such a person. Uh, but it can also be accomplished through honest and genuine introspection too. Um, you know, perhaps you'll realize, and again, these are kind of coming from some revelations that I've made and hopefully, you know, upon that, that digging, you, you might be able to come to some revelations of your own as well. Uh, but, you know, you might come to a realization that these thoughts or these questions that are popping up, they might be coming from a need to be validated, or perhaps they're coming from an expectation that you were thinking you were going to receive more love than you were given, or receive it in the manner in which you expected. So you had this condition on the love that you were supposed to receive. Perhaps you're realizing that it's really not the world around you that it's collapsing, but rather it's your perspective is what's collapsing and really your outlook on what's happening around you. Because going back to what we talked about in terms of the, the, the mindset of somebody who, or the perspective of somebody who's depressed or feeling depressed, they really have that glass half empty, or it might be, might be three quarters empty. Even if, even if in front of them, that actual visual might be more than that quarter glass, it feels to them that it's more empty than it actually is. And so that's really a lot of perspective of what they have in terms of if we're thinking of that cup as the environment, if we're thinking of that cup as the stress, if we're thinking of that cup as honestly a lot of things that we cannot control at the end of the day. If we're looking at that and we see that it is extremely empty, it's obviously going to feel like everything around us is caving in on us because what should be in that cup is actually externally coming down on us in our, in our minds. And so whatever, whatever the reasons, uh, you know, may be for you to, to go into your own thoughts and go into your own mind, it's, it's really important to really peel back the layers of your onion. Um, and yes, there, there may be some tears when you do that, but it will really be worth your while because you'll have a better understanding of yourself, which if you can understand yourself, you will be more able to understand others. And if you can help yourself, you'll be able to better help others. And it will also contribute to how you interpret the world around you. And hopefully by doing some, some really deep introspection, whether it's individually or guided with a, with a mental health clinician or psychologist, you can really have a fuller understanding of who you are as a person, what makes you tick, what cues in the environment kind of cue some of your depressive episodes and you know how you can interpret those cues around you as well. Because I think if we just have a slightly different approach of what's happening to us, then we can actually change a lot more than we think we can. So all in all, uh, depression is an extremely difficult challenge to those who experience it. There's really just this overarching feeling that 
nothing really matters and that taking action in life is rendered useless. It's a learned helplessness response to stress that takes over because of genetics and environmental causes. It is not something that people can merely snap out of. It is something that needs to be worked through. This is why it's super crucial to seek out any necessary help for what is ailing you, whether you need professional help, which again, there is no shame in receiving, or you simply just need to make some lifestyle changes. It is crucial to do so before the battle doesn't seem worth fighting. And just know that whatever you decide to do, you are not alone in your fight. And there are plenty of life warriors ready to stand by your side.